We're recording. We're recording live. Hello and welcome to Recording Live. I am Dexter and with me as always is... It's always me. It's always Matt. Um, Oh, I got some weird... I don't know what kind of news this is, but I noticed right before we started recording that my uh, boss has followed us on Twitter. <laughs> not that I ever oh. talk, not that I ever talk about work, but I guess I dropped enough clues that he figured it out. <laughs> Everybody knows I do this. Yeah, I don't. I just don't talk. Like I've told a couple people at work. Uh, I mostly just think it's fun just to see if anyone can figure it out. Because like I list it on my Twitter account, and it's just like nobody has thought to go look there at work um and mostly it's the reason i don't bring it up is because like i don't know that there's anyone else at work other than my boss who is following us now who like gets into like the nerdy stuff that we do um Mm -hmm. so i I think he might enjoy it i don't know uh so uh hello drew if you're listening um other than that yeah i don't know i just thought it was funny uh that he was following us um but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, uh, I don't know if we want to do catch up beforehand or not. I don't, I don't think I have. Yeah, let's do it. Last time was kind of a, a thing, so yeah, let's, uh, let's catch up. What have you been doing? Uh, not a whole lot. I spent a lot of time uh, printing up our the the Boba Fett gun for you. Uh, all the pieces are done. Um, it's all in black except for the second half of the stock is in white because that's what I had. I ran out of uh, black filament and the only thing I had left was white. So there's going to be a white section, which I uh, I don't know. You're going to paint it anyway, right? Uh, we're going crazy with this. It's going to get it's going to get prim- it's going to get sanded, painted, printed, uh, primed, primed. Yep, pen, yep. and everything. Okay. It's not. It's, yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry. I am not someone who's accepting of just printing it and going good enough. No, no, I, I still just like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to be sorry about that. I think that's the proper way to go about it. Exactly, uh, because I am I'm not begrudging you. I'm not uh, targeting you. Yeah, yeah. I have learned that everybody with a 3D printer is a procrastinator. Oh, no, I don't. Uh, well, yes, everybody no, with a 3D depends. printer is a procrastinator. Everybody I know has ideas. They spend the money on them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they just don't do anything with them. <laughs> no, and that's true. I, I mean, I've used it a little bit. Uh for like coming up with ideas like I, I hung some stuff up or here and there i'll print like little to, like a toy for the kids i guess but um this is like the first project that actually like it, it's fun to kind of see it come together um although i did print um a, a red hood mask at one point and i had it all glued together and then i sat on it on accident on a chair <laughs> Cause it was black, like it was black filament and I had it in a black chair and I just sat down on it cause I didn't see it. And I just never bothered putting it back together cause it was such a, well, it was so hard to get put together the first time. Well, like, screw that. like the, the gun is in a dozen pieces. Mm-hmm. You got to put it together. Yeah. Uh, we just put the, we put the mask together too while we're working on the gun. Oh, probably will. It just, I, I think the problem with the mask is that like I ha- I got it all put together and I'd spent a ton of time sanding it and getting it just right. And then it fell all apart again. And so, like, if I get it put back together again, I'm going to end up having to probably epoxy and sand it a little bit more, which is fine. And, and like, that was, like, a year ago. So I'm probably to the point where, like, I'm I'm – because I still have all the pieces because I imagine I'd get it all put together eventually. And I have Um, plenty of stuff for doing that. Oh, I do too. I have a ton of E6000 and multiple kinds of super glue, and I have accelerator. Oh, that's, oh, the accelerator is is necessary. I was using um, what is it? Uh, baking powder. 
I think baking powder is a great accelerator too. Yeah. So is surprisingly water. I found out. Oh, interesting. The yes. thing with, I, I watched a video uh, of a guy uh, who was just experimenting with how baking powder reacts to super glue, yeah. and he was taking like liters of it and just pounds of of uh, baking powder and just throwing them together, and I guess it creates a ton of heat, and he was like burning himself on it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I got Bondo as well, which is, uh, from what I understand, is good for it, like all-purpose putty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, and I I still have the spray paint. I got like a metallic-y red pla- or no red plastic spray paint. So I think it's supposed to look like just red shiny. I don't know. It's um probably not necessary, but what helpful is probably uh probably using it's ex- it's expensive in the sense of expensiveness, but mm-hmm. um probably putting a layer of fiberglass in in the back of the mask to reinforce yeah, it. Yeah, probably be interesting anyway yeah. that's um that's a good idea actually or like something like heavy duty tape or something yeah, yeah. uh but yeah anyway no i so I, I definitely not been using um the 3d printer as much as i think i had planned to but at the same time like sitting in my office i can see like 10 different things that i've printed um so it's not like i've been lazy about it but it, i mean it also has been sitting there for a good part of the year this last year not being touched so um no I, I was super glad when you said you wanted to print this gun and so it's i think uh i don't i'm trying to think how long it's actually taken so the the stock took probably a total of i don't know 16 hours uh to do and i did it on the thickest filament with like i think a 10 percent fill uh, which is not that much I, from what I understand, um, or at least from the default settings. So like that took forever. And then I think the barrel, I, I had to cut that in half, probably took about 14, 16 hours. Um, I, I, sure, did you I, have to cut it in half though? Yes. It, the barrel I did not, but it would have taken over 24 hours if I didn't. Uh, That's the, what I wondered. Cause well, I, I don't mean to interject, but uh, our childhood friend, Travis, Yeah. I lent him the files too. Yeah. He, he has a different he, printer. Or does he, he has a similar one, though. I think it's relatively... A, it's a filament printer, though? Travis has two printers. He has a filament and he has a resin printer. Oh, okay, okay. And he actually... I actually... Um, uh, I, I, I was going to talk about this in my section, but I, yeah, I, ta- sure. I talked to Travis last night. And I was talking to him about printing the gun and stuff. And he surprised me with saying that he's printed about 20% of it. Yeah. But... His printing is in his garage and everything where his little yeah. shop is. Yeah. And uh, he had to stop because of how cold it was getting. Yeah, that makes sense because that would really mess with the filament. Um, yes. And it's interesting out in the garage. I thought about putting it out in the garage too, but the heat uh, and cold and especially uh, moisture can really mess with the filament. Yeah. Um, and it, that's why he hasn't done anything for about – I uh, I got the files almost two months ago and – uh, he surprised me by saying it and he printed his his is about the same size as yours he printed mm-hmm. the rifle uh, he printed the barrel uh in one chunk yeah i would have had to have done it at like a 45 degree angle in a weird way and the reason i don't like to do that especially with stuff like the barrel is you get kind of like a banding effect kind of like a, a really bad gradient um like if you tried to print a gradient you know the ink kind of gets like in a, uh, it starts to like band um like you get stripes um 
And when you do that with the filament, if uh, so something that's like a cylinder, when you put it at an angle, it starts to get like really weird banding like lines on it and it just doesn't look good it would have made it'd make for like a lot more sanding plus it would have taken over 24 hours to print i don't like to print when i'm sleeping and i don't like to print when i'm not at home um like if it i don't know i'll do it if it's a quick run to the store or something but like i i just i don't have uh fire suppression on like i don't they make these things that like if they get too hot they'll like explode and put out a fire. I don't know if you ever saw them. They're like a ball. The ads always have them just like chuck, like there's a dumpster fire, a literal dumpster fire. And they just chuck these balls into the dumpster and they just explode and put out the fire. Um, and so people put those on top of their printing machine, their 3d printers. So in case there is a fire, um, it, it, it's really rare, but like, I it just, I have kids in the house. I don't want to have to worry about, you know, a fire in my basement while we're all sleeping kind of thing. Um, so I just I don't print when I'm sleeping and I don't print them when I'm not at home. Um, so that that was the biggest hassle is just I uh, I'd have to take or make sure that like on the days uh, yeah where I had a full day at home that I was printing on those days I guess. And so it took I don't know we've been talking about this for a couple months now I feel like so. Speaking of January just, I, I ordered it I bought the the files. January. Mm-hmm. Yeah so it took it took over a month a month probably about two months yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, just been printing on the weekends. There's been a couple weekends where I didn't print because of various reasons, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, forgetting. <laughs> Forgot um, a couple times. <laughs> there was, yes, especially at the beginning. It's just because I wasn't used to thinking. I it just wasn't top of mind. Um, but once I got started on it, I feel like it was. I don't know. I I, I tried really hard to remember, I guess. But then then there's the weekend where Vivi had COVID, and so I was just pretty distracted then. But yeah, I know a couple people with printers that they just they say, "Hey, I'll do anything." They just don't do anything. Oh yeah, I, uh, I, I know someone who's who's asked me numerous times, and I've yeah. just refused because I've just heard from so many people that they won't print it, and it's it's a little frustrating because it's always like, "Hey, I got a 3D printer." Yeah, I know you told me last like last time I saw you, and um, hmm. uh, the, and then um, I get told. Uh, and it's like, no. And then I actually firsthand got to, I'm sorry to say this, this is a listener, so I'm sorry to talk about this, but, um, I'm not going to say who, but it is someone who listens. And, uh, but I saw the prints and they were really, really bad looking. So it's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yeah. go to you. Yeah. Like it, it, and, well, that's the thing with 3d printing though. I don't feel like it's a good like end product. Like unless you're going to well, heavily these, sand it these, and do a ton of stuff. These were tiny little toy swords. Oh, okay, it wasn't, sure. it wasn't a rifle. It looked like they got melted in a microwave. And I think I'm sorry to say, cause I know someone listens. Uh, it looks like you printed them laying down mm-hmm. and you don't print that stuff laying down. You print it up. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's which, how it works. And yeah, if you print it laying down, it's going to look really bad. And you even said that the stock or the handle is a little wonky with layers because you printed that laying down. And my response uh, was, it doesn't matter. I'm going to put primer on it and everything sure. and make it look yeah. fine. I'm going to sand it. But I know Travis has even talked about that, too, where he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you do it this way, it's not going to turn out right. It's going to turn out kind of poor. Yeah. And there there have been like, like I've done a bunch of figurines, um, like for D&D sort of thing. Like, I don't play D&D. I just wanted these figurines. 
Uh, and I've kind of messed with those at different angles because I, I wanted it to print as quickly as possible. Um, and so I was trying to get it in a way so that the support, they'd have as few supports as possible. But then, like, yeah, I got weird banding on, like, faces and arms, and, and they're mm-hmm. just too tiny to really do any sanding on. Um, and so I'm, I, I actually, I'd like to get, like, blow them up and, and print them either in chunks and then build it. Kind of like, uh, I, I I think I've talked about, uh, I printed Robo from Chrono Trigger and mm-hmm. he, uh, the file I got for him, it was like the arms, the legs. So two legs, two arms, uh, his torso, his crotch, and then his backpack. Like, so it was just a bunch of pieces and that came out pretty well. Um, but like, it still looks like something 3d printed, I guess. Like, I just think it's funny to have. And so I guess I didn't, I didn't really care, but, but yeah, no, like you said, like it, I don't know. You kind of have to look past the 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 banding, um, but in my mind, 3D print home 3D printers should just be used for, I guess, either things that you you know you just don't care if it has the banding on it, or for like because I, I was wanting to to make a product to sell, and so I was making frames for for video game cartridge or CDs, and so like for those like I don't plan on ever manufacturing those here in my house. Like I would like to find somebody else to do that. You and need so, to find someone with a mold injection. Yeah, it wouldn't be 3D printed. It'd be mold injected for sure. And so I guess in my mind, like this is I got it more as like a a thing to for utility purposes, because like I plan on making or I wanted to make some things for like the garden to like hold um, like a trellis up or whatever those things are called for like vines to grow on um, or just to make brackets. Like I made little hat holders so like you can't even see them. It just holds a hat on the wall um, and stuff like that. But I don't know. Yeah. And I've known of people like making um, like little tchotchkes to sell uh, that have to go like that have to do with like their comic books or something. And I don't know. They looked all right, like painted and everything, but they still look they looked 3D printed, I guess. I know. uh, uh, I don't know what uh, printer Jet has, but he's 3D printed uh, little masks for Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know they were 3D printed because there wasn't any lines unless he cleaned them up. But he they must... were neat little masks. Yeah, he might have cleaned those up or he has a re... – it's either he cleaned them up or it's, or it's a resin printer. <sighs> this was this was almost 10 years ago. Like, this probably was, wasn't a resin This printer. was probably like 2014, 2015 when Jet did that for Tom because Tom has yeah. conventions well, for four years now. He could and... have also – been using because I, I don't have i don't use the proper filament for it and but for stuff that small because i think they, they were pretty small weren't they uh a little bit probably like a third uh one and a third size of like a yeah smaller. yeah okay so um if you i can never remember what it is it's like they're just a bunch of acronyms but there's like a type of size yeah but there's a type of plastic or filament that you can use that if you put it uh if you expose it to paint thinner or something i can't remember mm-hmm. Uh, it'll like smooth out like the, oh, f- probably ice, probably high, high percentage isopril alcohol too. That's it. Yeah. Like I saw a guy, uh, he just like soaked a bunch of paper towels and then he lined, um, a paint can with the paper towels mm-hmm. and then he just took what the thing he 3d printed and he lowered it into the can and then put the lid on. Um, and then I think it was even just five minutes later, he just opened it back up, pulled out the, the print and all the, uh, the banding from the filament was just smoothed out and it looked, mm-hmm. it looked nice. And so I kind of wonder if maybe that's what Jet did. I don't know. It'd be worth talking to him about, but I always wanted him to do a Billy figurine. Yeah. But he should just ma- do that. What? I should, try to, I should try to 
I should just try to make a Billy. Uh, it would just know. take, well, you'd have to make a really, well, the thing would if be. If I did it, it wouldn't look great. I can guarantee you that. No, it, I wouldn't even say it wouldn't thing. look great. The thing is, is I would need to give you the profile side and all the dimensions and yeah. stuff. And, oh, yeah. um, it wouldn't, it would just be a very, very difficult project. Well, yeah, and, yeah. That's the thing. And I mean, and I'd like to Jet saw more. a design of Billy though. He's like, oh, I could do that. Well, I'm sure Jet's a lot more proficient at Fusion or whatever he uses than I am. Um, Imagine it's Fusion 360. Yeah, just every time I use that program, I have to like Google like, how do you do this part again? Because like I just mm-hmm. I just don't use it enough. But yeah, and I hate it because it's always YouTube videos, and it's just like I don't want to watch 20 minutes of a video to figure out how to do something in two minutes. You know? Oh, that's all I have. To, that's that, uh, that's that's my preferred thing. But then again, due to my disability, I. It, sure. I, I I absorb verbal and visual knowledge better than text knowledge. So I don't. I just rather have a bunch. Like I'd rather just have bullet point instructions. But then like I'm looking for something specific, and so I get it. Like you know, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna find a bullet point list for this specific thing I want to do. But no, probably not. So I don't know. I, I swear it's the same video I watch like every time I want to do this one task. Uh, every time I, I want to I mean, cut something in half. <laughs> that's what I do. I mean, I have an entire private playlist on my YouTube account that's just drawing. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's just uh, how tos on drawing and stuff like that. And so um, I can't tell you how many times I watch the same videos over and over again. So yeah, I, I mean that's how you learn, I guess. That, and, yeah, and that's how I try and do it my best, and I do. Sure a lot of tracing and things like that to mm-hmm. like figure out certain things and stuff like that. Cause I mean, and I, I used to always think that was not the way to do things, but it really is the way to do stuff now and figure yeah. out proportions and stuff, which is, it's not like I'm lifting other people's art, but well, for practice, I, for sure. It's practice. It's really trying to figure out and get into a habit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how master painters, that's how they learned is they, they would repaint, whatever it is they're uh whatever or not um like when you're a student painter you're painting whoever it is you're following and uh, a lot of artists comic artists get it now like a lot of comic yeah. artists come out of inking and they're just literally tracing yeah. over other people's stuff you look at greg capullo 10 years ago mm-hmm. over 10 years ago i guess it's uh, like todd mcfarlane <laughs> it, it, very much so and i would say still some of his stuff looks like todd mcfarlane but yeah they, they um, definitely have a similar style i can see it yeah uh, what was his name? Um, I can't remember. Gosh, I can't remember his name off my head. He was the artist for, uh, um, Army of Darkness by Dynamite. And mm-hmm. his artwork was amazing. I mm-hmm. love his original artwork. And then he became an inker for, uh, Art Adams. And now his art is identical to Art Adams. That's interesting. Yeah. That it just happens that way. Like, and I can tell you right now, um, uh, doing it for ten years, over ten years, yeah. I can mimic Lee's style oh, almost yeah. perfectly because I have inked Lee's work for years. Like, I have inked Lee's work since 2007 when him and I first became close. Like, we'd known each other for four years before that, but uh-huh. it was it was about 2007 I started inking and coloring his work. And we did a comic strip together for a few years. Yeah. And so it's become almost second nature that I can mimic his style almost perfectly. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, and he has like, I, I don't know that it's a simpler style. It's a, it's a cartoony style, I guess. And so 
I don't know. I I guess I, I've not drawn enough to know how how easy it is to pick up on people's styles. And I know that I've like um, I'm really bad at drawing noses and hands, and so I've hands uh, are terrible. I can fully admit that any hand that I draw in anything, mm-hmm. uh, if it's posed or something, it's my hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what legitimately I have to do, my too. hand photoed and then airdropped onto my iPad and traced over. Oh, I get that. I usually just yes. draw like the general f- shape of a hand, and and you, I will only draw like the thumb and fingers if I have to. Um, but I have a more cartoony style. You like if I'm actually doing something in the way that I want to draw, mm-hmm. um, and I just don't tend to do that. But um, but then for noses, I I studied Tom's. Uh, I actually like what like looked through a bunch of next to stuff for a while, mm-hmm. and I kind of I ended up starting to draw noses like he does. Uh, but yeah, I have uh, three different. I have three to four different types of art style, mm-hmm. and I have. You do. I bet, that's funny that you say that. I've noticed. Yeah, I have the Billy art style. Uh-huh. I have my sporadics. Uh, the comically and I did art style. Yeah, which is like uh, the, a very cartoony style. It's I guess. very cartoony. It's, it's more I, of a Lee style, yeah. More, not exactly, but yeah. Uh, no, it's it's yeah, it's it's kind of fit, so it's not so distracting. Uh, sure. I have recording lives art style. Yep. And then I have my own personal kind of realistic looking art style that I don't show off too much anymore, but I'm always working on it. Sporadics and recording live are very similar styles. Mm -hmm. The difference is the eyes. Like if you look at my work and then you look at the art promotional work that I do for this podcast, Mm -hmm. the eyes are very different. And whereas, but like everyone has certain features. I have a personally, I have a, a very big nose and or I, I think I do. That's how you so, draw it. I don't know that you do. <laughs> I, I think I have a kind of a big nose. And sure. uh, I give myself a very curvy nose, outward yeah. curvy nose. Whereas mm-hmm. you, I give more of a button nose. To I was going to say, yeah, I have a button nose on the drawing. You gave. Yes. And it's a nose that I give for distinct males. And it's the nose I kind of default for female characters. I like putting Thanks. these little lines on the uh, <laughs> on the nose. But uh, to differentiate some people, I give yeah. them, I, I give people, I like the button nose a lot. And I discovered doing yeah. that, God, fuck, I don't know, probably in college that I started working on that. But uh-huh, uh-huh. you and a couple people have that nose. Tom and I have the same nose when I draw him. Yeah. Uh, Lee Tom, has a separate nose. But yeah. Tom, yeah, Tom I, tends I, to draw like big noses, I've noticed, which I think is funny. He has a very distinct style with that. Um, yeah, he does. But uh, the only thing that I have a trouble with more than anything is probably kind of ears. My ears are identical to Lee's, and that comes from me tr- inking his stuff. And yeah, they look fine. Yeah, they don't look bad or anything. Yeah. I remember when we were kids, uh, I remember uh, someone I – I'm not going to say names or anything. I <laughs> did an, a how-to on his art style in school, and I remember telling him – because he said he had a little trouble doing the ears – and I gave him a pointer and said, well, ears are nothing more but like two or three question marks. Like, that's all you have to draw is you just have to draw a question mark. That's funny. Yeah. And I he got, he got very upset with me that I criticized his art style. Because <laughs> um, you're telling him that he drew question marks or you're just trying to. I was telling to... him that the best way to do it is probably draw question marks. And I remember oh. I remember learning that in either art class or some kind of weird art video uh, watching like on TV uh-huh. or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Stuck with me for 30 years. 
I want to know who this person is, but I, I don't know. We don't have to press it. I'll tell you later. Okay, okay. I, he doesn't remember anything, and I don't keep too in touch with him, but he's still a friend of mine and stuff. Yeah, but sure, sure, sure. He, I, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's someone who is very prolific with art when we were drawing when we were kids. Yeah, there's a there, there's, there's like two of them. There's two of them that I can think of. Yeah, <laughs> and one that I and I think you can guess which one it is because it's one that I still keep in touch with. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Bad segues. Um, this kind of stemmed from, yeah, a, a little bit of a catch-up time. Whoa, there we go. Uh, and I don't, so other than that, uh, the printing, uh, my kids were sick yet again. Uh, currently my daughter has a fever, which is awesome. Um, oh, oh! Uh, I don't know if I brought it up on here or how long ago it was. I got a dog. Did we talk about that last time? I think you did. Okay. Um, she was a very nervous dog when we first got her. She's warmed up to us though now. So I, I probably, if I did talk about her, I was probably talking about how, uh, just she was not, she was very nervous and didn't seem like, uh, I don't know when she first came here she just did not seem comfortable at all. But now she is basically my wife's shadow. Um, she puts up with me, uh, for like, she'll come over to me to get petted and not too often, but, and only if uh, my wife's in the room really, cause if, if Kelsey leaves the room, that dog will get up and follow her. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, I think she realized that, uh, she was in the room just with me and she kind of freaked out. Like she got, she bolted out of the room and ran downstairs and, uh, I had to get Kelsey to like yell at the dog so that she knew where she was and, but yeah, uh, but no, she'll, she'll let me give her pets. I'll pick her up sometimes and she's fine with it. Um, she, she, it's a very, she's a very sweet dog now. Um, but she, I think she's kind of afraid of me cause, uh, today she, uh, she's like, I was started walking towards her and so she laid down on the ground and like rolled over it, like in that submissive pet mode that dog, that dogs have, um, like revealing her her tummy so you could rub her tummy kind of thing uh and as as i approached her she like all of a sudden like freaked out and ran away and then came back to me so weird to hear yeah why is that because you are the most harmless human being i know right well you know this dog doesn't know that uh and i oh man it was so funny uh she actually scared me today which i think is what happened right after Nah, this was like right after she scared me, but I was, um, mopping the kitchen and, uh, she was by the back door in our kitchen and I'm guessing that she was bark. She barked at um, what I'm guessing is the dog next door or maybe a, a rabbit. I have no idea, but she scared the crap out of me. And so I yelled when she barked. And so then as soon as I yelled, like, she just like looked at me like I was going to kill her or something and like ran away. And so then I had to go like pet her and like tell her she was fine. But man, she scared me so much because she doesn't ever bark. It's just really random. If she sees like looks out the window and sees something, maybe bark once a day, maybe. I remember kind you of, mentioned that. Yeah, like it's, she really doesn't have much for bark, but I don't know. It's just funny. So anyway, I, I don't know. I wasn't real excited to get a dog when we got her, but she's I've warmed up to her. She's fine. Um it's interesting just because she's not like it, it doesn't feel like she's my dog like the other dogs were because our last dog just loved me more than anybody else and so it's interesting to have a dog in the house that loves my wife more than anybody else um 
it's kind of nice because then that means uh i'm not the one that has to take care of the dog i guess like i'm not the one getting up in the middle of the night to take the dog out if it's barking you know or um i don't know it's it's like slightly less responsibility Uh, it's interesting though um but i don't know i still you know do the normal dog owner stuff i guess but yeah i don't know other than that it's uh i don't know not a whole lot going on i watched we finally got around or we actually watched a movie and uh we watched murder on the orient express the new one i guess because there's several versions of that yeah that thing's been remade apparently a lot not in the past 20 years but no and it's it's been heavily adapted yeah, well, it's Agatha Christie's most famous novel, probably, um, which is funny to me because it's definitely not her best one. Like, uh, I, I don't know, uh, what are her two like big characters are Hercule Poirot, which is what this one is, and Miss Marple. And I definitely don't like Miss Marple as much as I like Poirot, but um, we are actually my wife and I were discussing that. It's because basically Miss Marple is an old lady. And she's interesting because you wouldn't expect this old lady to be solving murders. Okay. But I find that boring. But then Poirot is kind of like Sherlock Holmes, but like way more like showy. Like he, it's like he really enjoys like that end reveal scene where he gets to explain how smart he is. It's just like, he's just that type of character. And he's just very um, like, he can't stand when things are, aren't uh, symmetrical. And so, like, one way in the in this new movie that they show that, because I don't know if it's in the book. I don't I, – I read the book years ago, so I don't really remember. But, like, at the beginning of the movie, he steps in some, like, cow poop or horse poop or something because he's in – and you know, this is a long time ago uh, when animals are still more likely to be in the streets. But also he was in uh, Jerusalem at the beginning of this movie. And so – the, I guess there were just, like, more animals around. I have no idea. But he stepped in poop. And uh, the guy he was with is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have like warned you that that was coming or we should have been looking. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. It's just it's not even. And so then he stepped in it with his other foot. He's like much better. And then they just kept going. And so and he brings up, I think, at one point, like one guy's just like, how do you do it? He's just like, I just noticed things and it it really sucks. But I'm really good at solving crime. (laughs) Uh, And then he asked the guy to fix his tie immediately after saying that which he's doing like tons of throughout in this movie. He does it all like a bunch throughout, but sorry. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know what else to say about this movie. If you haven't read the book, you didn't say anything about the movie, Dexter. You just talked about someone else, another book and the character. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know what to say about it other than, I mean, if you're, if you're unfamiliar with, uh, uh, murder on the Orient express, which I, I know you've read it or, you not know about it. I've seen the trailer. Oh, okay. So I don't want to ruin too much about it because uh, I know what it happens. Everybody, all the suspects are the one who killed Johnny Depp. I looked it up. Oh, okay. You shouldn't have done I that. Was, um, I looked it up and said, done. Okay, okay. So having read the book, I guess, I was extremely disappointed with that outcome. It was just like, oh, come on, sort of thing. But I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. And I think that's just why I don't like it. It's just like, it feels... I feel like I've, I was betrayed when when the murderer is literally everyone um, except for the the train director. He's the only person not involved. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I, I really like Poirot as a character. If you've ever watched um, 
the TV show Monk with uh, Tony Shalhoub. Monk is 100% Poirot, um, just a little bit more neurotic than Poirot is. Because Poirot can at least function on his own, whereas on Monk, he had to have, like, an assistant. Otherwise, like, he just could not operate. Um, whereas Poirot often does not ha- – like, the books often give him an assistant, but that's usually because that's who the narrator is. And it's not always the same person. He had an assistant, I believe, for, like, maybe three or four books. And then otherwise, it's just kind of like – the person who hired him or just like an obscure friend who just happens to be there for that story. And so for this one, it's the train director. So he's, um, he's on, or he just finishes up a case in Jerusalem and then he gets a call to come back to London to, for another case. And so he, ha- he runs into his a friend who is, uh, the director for the Orient Express. And so he's like, Hey, can you get me a ride back to London? And the guy's like, Oh, of course I can. It's the dead of winter. Nobody rides the train. Uh, but then it turns out that all the rooms are booked and they're just like, well, that's weird. Um, and they, they end up finding uh, one bunk for him to get in on. He has to share the room with somebody. Uh, and then, yeah, some goofy stuff kind of happens. Johnny Depp is an American. Um, I don't know what you'd say he is. He he's a con man basically. Uh, he's in the he his current con is selling um forged art for yeah art forgeries, um and so he he tries to hire Poirot to kind of watch his back. Poirot doesn't want to do it because he doesn't like to help criminals and he can just tell that this guy is a criminal. Um, but then yeah he gets murdered and then the rest of the movie is the, him solving the case, uh and that's kind of like what I don't like about it is just because like every time especially the book, it's literally just him sitting at a table interviewing people for the entire book. Like they can't go anywhere because they're on a train. The train literally can't go anywhere because there was a, um, there was an avalanche, a snow avalanche that like derailed the train. So they have to wait for like all these engineers or whoever to come out and put the train back on the tracks. And so they're just literally sitting there talking to people for the whole book, not going anywhere. And so it's kind of boring for that, but also just, you know, he's going through all the um, all the, the the you know, the evidence and the evidence is just so wishy washy pointing to this person, pointing to that person. But everyone has an alibi because everyone has an alibi for everyone else because they worked it out because everyone's the, everyone is the murderer. Um, and yeah. And so it, it's interesting, though. I don't know. I guess the movie did a really good job of not having it just be at conversations around a table. Like he went, they went outside the train. Um, they went to different compartments of the train to do the different interviews. And it gave the people a lot more personality. I feel like than the book kind of portrayed as well. And maybe it just helped. Like, I think that this story is a good story for a movie, just being able to see stuff um, just because there's not a lot going on, I guess. Uh, but yeah. And then by the end of the story though, I think the whole point of it is, is just like the understanding humanity and just that like this, an act that this man, that Johnny Depp's character did kind of destroyed the lives of like 12 people. And so it's just kind of like understanding that like, well, it's interesting because by basically by the end of the book, you're just like, yeah, murder is okay sometimes, which is funny because like Poirot, uh, you know, as a rule, like murder is never okay. And by the end of it, he I don't know that he's even necessarily comfortable saying that murder is OK, but he at least is understanding of why they did it. Um, and so 
it's it's definitely interesting, I guess, to think about it in that way. But at the same, and uh, it's Kenneth Branagh that made this. Kenneth Branagh is playing Poirot. I wasn't exactly sold on him being Poirot, but he honestly did a fantastic job. So. I don't know. If you like murder mysteries, especially if you like Agatha Christie, I'd say go ahead and watch it. Um, Kenneth Branagh is a fantastic director. He's a fantastic writer and he's a fantastic actor. So it's completely worth it just to see his portrayal, I suppose. But um, I just don't like first Thor movie. He did. He did the first Thor movie. He's famous for doing a lot of um, Shakespeare. Uh, He used to be married to Emma Thompson um oh, what is she more famous for she she was in um strange not strange uh strange in the fiction uh she was the writer who was like writing the story that was well in part of that shitty movie she is yeah uh, she's a fantastic <laughs> actor um she's she, in the, she's in a couple of harry potters she's in uh oh, who is she in harry potter i always forget uh that. she plays the uh the professor oh. who with the uh with like who does like uh who divination pre- who, like fortunes and stuff like that yeah 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 she she did a fantastic job as that character i like that's she's one of those actors that like is very very good at becoming the character like she's Nanny McPhee, I think. Too. Yes, she is. I put her like up she's there. Been with, in a like, lot of stuff that I have never seen, or she's been in a lot of stuff that yeah. I can't remember that she's actually she, in. She does a lot of. Uh, I don't know if I'd call them chick flicks, but it's she makes a lot of movies that that women predominantly would enjoy. Um, she's uh famous for Emma or Persuade. There's a Jane Austen book that she made into a movie. It wasn't Emma. It was something else. Um, and she won an Emmy for that because she uh wrote and directed it i believe um but yeah no anyway she was married to kenneth Branagh for a while and they're divorced now um but that just kind of suggests like what type of movies that kenneth Branagh does because like it made sense that they were together um and thor even yeah the, and then he did the thor which goddamn is... dutch angles in that movie which I suppose when so his version of Thor was very uh theatrical I suppose and he's the reason why uh Tom Hiddleston is Loki because he was they worked together in another film yeah and so he fought for Hiddleston to, to be Loki and that's why he got Loki um and so we can always we can at least thank Kenneth Branagh for a pretty good Loki actor I don't. I, which we've talked about that before. Like I wasn't a huge fan of him until like the TV show really, but I'm still uh, not. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still uh, not a fan of Tom Hills. And he, he, he usurped Johnny Depp as every nerd and regular fan girls crush. Yes. I think and that's, it's, it, that's and he, I don't think he's that good of an actor. <laughs> He's sure, forget. Sure. He's so forgettable. I think the worst thing yeah. I ever saw him in was Kong Skull Island, where he's completely forgettable. I did not remember he was in that. You're he's right. the star. He's oh the my star gosh. with Brie Larson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, who else was in that? Wasn't um... John Goodman, Samuel Jackson, uh, Doctor Doom from Fantastic Four. I can't remember. Toby something. I can't remember his name. Maybe I didn't see that one. Am I thinking it's, of the other? It's, it, uh, uh, I, I know people who really like it. Me. Yeah. I, I was bored out of my mind watching it. What was the Kong movie before that? I guess maybe that's what I'm thinking. The of. Peter Jackson movie with. Uh, yes. Cause yeah, it, the, like Jack, Jack Black. Jack Black, Naomi Watts. Um, Sean, not Sean Penn, the other one. Guy, uh, Adrian Brody. That's it. I always get him and Sean Penn mixed up in my head. They look nothing alike, but for some reason, they're the same guy in my head. One's an asshole, but the other's a good guy, but understandable. 
does a lot of <laughs> does a lot of sappy pussy movies. So sure, sure, sense. sure. Uh, anyway, <laughs> both played retards in the early two thousands. That's probably I, actually the problem that I have. And why I am Sam and the Village. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he went full retard though. Okay. Uh, so anyway, if you like murder mysteries, especially if you like Agatha Christie, yeah, sure, go watch uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I'm looking forward to Death on the Nile, which is art. It just came out last week, and we Dexter and, will be reviewing that in two years, just like this one. <laughs> no, probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, this movie's confusing because it came out about the same time as Knives Out. Which, yeah, I was, I was just gonna say, I really. Watching this movie made me more excited about Knives Out again. Like I You talked about this that. movie for 10 minutes or so, and the only thing that's going through my head is, I kind of want to watch Knives Out. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out, I think, end of this year, or sometime later this year is what all it really says. There's no, I don't know that there's a date. It's uh, going to Netflix or Amazon, I can't remember. Oh, it is? Nice. Yeah, it's a Netflix or Amazon. That's who bought the rights for that's it. That's right, yeah. I want to say it was Netflix. I can't um, remember. I feel like I just looked at because I, I was just looking it up after we watched uh, Murder on the Orient Express because uh, I it's just like the whole time I was watching that I was just like man I wish Knives Out two was out. <laughs> they came out about the same time and I remember getting yeah. confused by both of them two different titles but similar premise of it's uh, they were both whodunits uh, well, that came out and, roughly the same time and the two detectives are very are pretty similar um, they are and yeah. Knives Out feels like an Agatha Christie like um. I don't know, it just does. Your word for that. It, well, I don't know the shit it's, you're talking about whenever you uh, say that that author's name. <laughs> Agatha Christie? I never read anything from her, but I know uh, you and your wife she's are super famous. Gay for uh, British people, so I know you guys have. No, liked... it has <laughs> nothing to do with being liking British things. Um, she's. I, I agree with she's, that, sir. No, it's the most. She's the most. I think she's sold more books than anyone else in the world. Literally, like, uh, I'm looking this up now. I got the... I'm I'm 100% certain that she has sold more books than anyone else. It doesn't mean anything to me. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it has nothing to do with her being British. Has nothing no, to I don't think it has anything to do with anything. You just said that. Like Good JK Rowling. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, uh, Agatha Christie has sold more books. She's in the Guinness Book of World Records for selling more books globally than anyone else okay um so anyway I'm, she's famous and 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 you are an american who, who you are a british american person i well i have dexter indulges in have anything Eng- british and i make fun of him for it i i have english ancestry kelsey has scottish ancestry it makes sense i well okay. i also have german ancestry and i don't nearly drink enough um and Kelsey anyway. is Irish and is an alcoholic. I get what He's you're going Scottish. with. No, no, no. Did I say Irish? I meant Scottish. Um, <laughs> That's why which, I can't understand a word she says at dinner. <laughs> it's also why she eats so much haggis. Uh, it's anyway. a problem. I had haggis once. It is not good. I bet it if, isn't. If you like to just eat meat that's been doused in, like, pepper, it's great. <laughs> So it's it's more spices than anything else, which is the point, uh, because it's like all the worst parts of the of the animal. Um, anyway, that's all I got. What what have you been up to? <laughs> I I don't have a lot of time, but uh, sure, sorry. I, I um, what have I done? I uh, I I did pick up a movie. Ooh, what? Uh, yeah, I want to say, 
What has it been? I don't think I talked about it last time. I think I got it last week. I did get it last week because I forgot. It came out a week before, but I didn't recall. I picked up on Blu-ray um, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh. Yeah, I it was forgot the, that that existed. It came out in November. and but, uh, Yeah, it, was, it did. Yeah, it didn't go to streaming or anything. It went strictly to... Uh, uh, theaters. I didn't get a chance to see it. I wanted to. Yeah. Um, Who but, made that? Uh, boys, I don't know. A foreign director. I oh, don't okay. know where cool. he's from. Sure. And how how was it? I mean, it's you know what? It's pretty darn okay. Yeah, though I think it's funny because I don't remember it being made until you brought it up again. And I feel like that was the general consensus was that it was fine. It came out during COVID. It didn't get widely, it didn't make a lot of money and it wasn't the most well-received. It was like made for fans though, wasn't it? Like they tried to have like a bajillion homages to the video game. Here's the thing. If you're making an adaptation for a video game, it probably should be similar to the damn video game. And yeah, I am a fan of the Resident Evil franchise. I don't play the games, but I watch them. Uh, But I am also, I I can legit say that the Paul W. Sanderson films are a guilty pleasure of mine. I I own all six. I've Mm -hmm. seen, I watch them all. I I have the CGI movies that get released from Japan. What? There's six. Wow. Yeah, there were six of them. There was Resident (laughs) Evil, Apocalypse, Extinction, Mm -hmm. Um, there's Retribution, uh, the final chapter, and I'm missing one in there, I can't remember, Afterlife, and, uh, Paul W. Sanderson did four out of six of them, they, Hmm. he was working on Alien vs. Predator during the second one, so he couldn't commit to it, Hmm. and then he was making some other shit, uh, during the third one, and... They're guilty pleasures. I like the first one. I enjoy the second one. I the third one's my favorite, uh, mainly because it's uh, a complete. It's a perfect example of plagiarism. Uh, it's this. Yeah, it's just Night, like George Night Harris Day of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. And, um, the fourth one I think is the 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 sad thing is it's the fourth one when they started saying, "Hey, let's put video game stuff in here." Yeah. And, the fifth one is the worst one. Like, I remember picking it up on New Year's Eve, I think, when it came out. And I sat down and watched it. And I'm just watching this shitty movie going, when is this movie going to actually pick up the pace and actually get to the point? And then I hit the tracking button. And it showed I was an hour in. And it had, like, 25 minutes left. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. This movie's almost over. And it doesn't feel like nothing's happened. Yeah. And, uh <laughs> And then the final chapter came out, and when they were doing the final chapter, they announced that they were going to reboot it. Um, and so I was kind of jonesing for that, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the trailer for this, and I was pretty like, okay, this kind of looks direct-to-video, but yeah, it, I'm, I'm kind of interested. It is a pretty, it's a pretty okay movie uh, by standards. I, I like <laughs> it. It's... It's roughly an adaptation of the first two games. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And all the all the characters in it are characters from the games, which is pretty yeah. great. And it's a pretty big ensemble cast, though. I think it's a little hmm. too big. Uh, I liked most of the casting for it. There were some that I kind of had to squint my eyes about. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's 
it's it is made by someone who's a fan and yeah. he's not lying because Paul W. S. Anderson kept saying he's a fan and he just kept making movies starring his wife, a character yeah. who's not in the video games. Yeah. So and just completely not like the games whatsoever. They were complete opposites and it was kind of baffling that it made it that far, but they made money. And yeah. then this guy came along and said, he's, you know, he's going to make it as he's going to make a, uh, a fun uh, movie that is faithful to the games to an extent. And it is, I would say it is. Mm-hmm. So it takes, it starts in the mansion and then goes out into the city. Happens simultaneously. Okay. Yes. Uh, half sure. of the cast gets sent to the mansion. The other cast, uh, the other half of the cast is happening in the city. So it's, it's like Chris Redfield, Albert Wesker, Jill Valentine, uh, dealing with the mansion. Mm-hmm. And then in the city, it's Claire Redfield. Um, okay. Um, Leon Kennedy and uh, them dealing with uh, William Birkin uh, dealing with stuff in the city mm-hmm. while the city's getting overrun. So cool. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Unfortunately, yeah. it can't do something like adapt the third game. Um, what happens? Nemesis. The that's ne- it's Jill Valentine in the city simultaneously during Resident Evil 2 uh, running from the nemesis. Oh, OK. And so they can't really do that because of this movie. Um, but oh, the, okay. uh, I know uh, Albert Wesker, he's played by a guy from Game of Thrones, and he mm-hmm. did a really good job. Uh, Claire Redfield's played by Barbosa's daughter in the last Pirates movie, and I thought she did a pretty good job. Hmm. Um, Jill Valentine is played by Ghost from Ant-Man and Wasp. That was a weird oh. casting. Yeah, interesting. But I like. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, everyone else I didn't know anything about. Um, the main villain, William Birkin, he's played by Neil McDonough, who has who's a character actor. And mm-hmm. he's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Angels in the Outfield. He was in one of the Star Trek movies. Okay. Uh, he's been all over the place. He played M. Bison in one of the Street Fighter films. And mm-hmm. I like him. Funny thing is, is that I started seeing other actors in this and I mm-hmm. instantly was like, oh, this was shot in Canada. <laughs> you figure it out pretty quick when you start recognizing Canadian actors in films and you're like, oh, this was shot by Vancouver. That's hilarious. Yeah, there's some there's some uh, actors. Uh, if a uh, movie that I know you loved, uh, Blade, uh, Deacon Frost is little uh, underling, the guy who gets his hand like cut off like three times in the film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays about. Chief Irons in this movie. And I knew he was in, but then I didn't know he was actually Canadian until I looked him up. And I was like, oh, oh he's Canadian. Huh. Yes, he is. He lives in I believe he lives in the U.S., but he's Canadian. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of actors that are Canadian. Yes. And it's pretty funny to watch to see certain actors like Gary Chalk, the voice of Optimus Primal from Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. Anytime he pops up in a mil- film, I'm going, oh, this was shot by Vancouver. And uh, it's just kind of funny. Every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh, I know where this was filmed. Uh, But I I liked the movie a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's enjoyable for me. It's not a I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure like the other ones are. I just thought it was a pretty fun uh, adaptation. But the problem is it's a video game movie, so it sucks. Yeah. Video game adaptations don't do well. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Neither of us have seen it yet, but Uncharted came out. It's not didn't get good reviews oh yeah i need to go see that i actually want to see that one because yeah, the thing though is is yeah uncharted like as a game as a story it's a great game i don't know that it would make a good movie um so uh, i'm, I'm very like interested a generic in adventure how... movie it's like an indiana jones film without indiana yeah. jones 
Yeah, and I don't know. I, and even honestly, as the game, the games are not great storylines. It's just it's fun because you, you know you get to be the person running around. Like it's fun because it's a game. Like you're doing mm-hmm. game stuff, and yeah. the plot is just there to like give you a reason to be sneaking around and shooting people. I guess. Yeah. Um. And so, like, it, like, and the stuff that happens in the game is very absurd. Um, like, you end up getting into, like, this underground, like, Aztec city where, like, these uh, natives are still living there. And they're, they, like, take this weird, like, drug. I think this is the second or third game. They take this, like, weird drug and they turn into, like, these giant, like, gorilla Hulk things. And it's just mm-hmm. like... Yeah, if this was a movie, that'd be. I don't know that I would want to watch this. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I, like, I, it's difficult to play, and so it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I looked it up and I saw it didn't do very well, which is That's, like, well, that, I, I I expect it. It's a video game adaptation. Video game yeah. adaptations don't do well. I yeah. think the yeah. one that's there's only a couple that are like decently received. Um, like the ones that come off my head are the original Lara Croft with Mia Jovovich. Did did those do well? Wait, the first one did really well. Mila Jovovich? No, it wasn't. Not Mila Jovovich. Uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I was gonna I'm say, sorry. yeah, Angelina Jolie. They uh, made Angelina what Jolie? two of those? They made two of them. Then they did a re- they did a new one with Michael Fassbender's wife, and which it didn't did, well. it didn't make any money, but which, it, which she actually looked like the character. Yeah, she did. Well, d- of, let's be honest, Dexter. Uh, Mila jo- uh, uh, Angelina Jolie looked like Lara Croft. 20 years ago so <laughs> it was sure back when she was pixelated so. and had giant boobs. no you're right and the the new one it actually she did not look like the character like she, she did like because she was dressed version. that way but she yes yeah, she looked like the new video games and she looked like a realistic treasure hunter that's as opposed to 90s teenage boy fixation yeah yes and so <laughs> yeah it's i think probably that might be the best adaptation of a video game is probably that layer that uh that the new first tomb raider. the new tomb raider yeah i've was heard it good? It's, I heard it's good. It just didn't oh. make much money, but I heard it wasn't bad. Um, I think they're planning on making another, but like oh, nice. probably one of the most well-received video game adaptations might be Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, which I still need to see. You said it was it's good. good, right? Yeah, it's fun. I liked it. I I I kind of look forward to the new one. I don't know when I'll was, see it. I'm and that was a great. They did a great marketing thing where they they sucked at it at first. Um, I really wonder yeah. how much of that was real. Like if they did a hundred percent, it was. Yeah. It was 100%. Yes, of course it was. They, you okay. know how much money gets pulled into that stuff. The movie got delayed five months because mm. they had to redo it all. Okay. Like it wasn't a marketing ploy. That movie Part- was supposed to come out in like November or yeah. October. They mm. released a trailer for it in July. It got shit on by all the furries and neckbeards of of the internet. Yeah. And so they said, "We hear you." And they had to dump another thirty million dollars into it and delay wow. it five months. It wasn't least, a marketing way. At least was, they made their money the, back, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think it's bullshit. I don't think that it opened the floodgates to listening to the incels of the internet. Sure, sure, sure. And, and now we have bad. to deal with shit like the Snyder Cut and demanding all these other things because yeah. the internet is being listened to. And the last thing that should be listened to is those people. <laughs> Yeah, it pisses well, me off. It's like, yeah, yeah. and it just pisses me off that that's how that happened. I wouldn't have given a shit. I didn't care what Sonic looked like. The movie, I mean, the movie, it worked though. Like people, like it yeah, got decently good. reviewed. I think it was like a sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. and 
for it video made a games. lot of money. It made like 300 yeah. million or something like that. So, yes, I mean, I'm glad the they sequel. made their money back. I'm glad they're getting a sequel. The sequel looks really all over the place, though, but so uh, did the first one. So, sure, I don't know. It's there, they listened unfortunately and they redid it and it benefited them but yeah, yeah. i wouldn't say it yeah. was a ploy or anything i don't think it was mm. a scam that they did that um yeah that's good i guess uh we don't have a lot of time left but sure. we didn't talk about this last time because we got pretty heavied into uh book of boba fett and catching up mm-hmm. but the week that we recorded a few days earlier it was announced that one of our favorite video games growing up is getting a remaster yeah. in April and I wanted to bring it up um Chrono Cross is getting a remaster with its predecessor not Chrono Trigger but the Radical Dreamers that was released on Nintendo's weird satellite console Yeah first time uh, Yeah so, and I'm pretty out. I am what pretty excited I'm very excited. I uh, it's the first time I've ever pre-ordered something, which then you told me not to, and it's yes, too late. Yes, don't pre-order games. Sorry. Now well, I know. The, now I know. The th- well, the thing is, is with pre-ordering, you are like I have to pre-order toys. If I don't, they yeah. sell out. But for yeah. digital media well, or something like that, you don't game, need yeah. to pre-order it. It's giving them, it's giving them an assurance. It, you're you're giving them faith that it's going. To, it's it's a weird practice. Um, yeah, well, once I looked into it, actually, because you said, like, Google it, and so I did. I said, yeah, just Google are, is pre-ordering, why is pre-ordering bad? And you get a lot of pretty valid answers. Yeah, I was surprised, because I was just like, what, why does it matter? Like, it just guarantees it'll download on my system when it is ready. And, but yeah, no, it's, it's it because like, the thing is, is if it gets delayed, or what if there's, like, any issues with it, like, I'm kind of the one that's screwed instead of them. And A little, yeah. But I mean, like I said, I have there's to do just no it with, good reason to not just wait and download it when it comes it, out. Exactly. Yeah. Granted, years ago, and it, it also it builds it builds hype. Sure. Um, and sometimes for like video games, primarily, it's unnecessary hype. It's yeah. it's giving them assurance that you're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. And now, and like I said, I have to do it for toys, and yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. like that I have to do it for toys. But the reason I have to do it for my collectibles is if I don't, I may not get it. Or you'll have to end up paying twice as much on eBay. On aftermarket, yes. Yeah. So I have to pre-order certain things, but I just don't sense. do it for video games, especially since living in a digital era of stuff. Yeah. Pre-ordering a video game is so pointless anymore. Sure. Because it's, it, there's not a cap on digital downloads for a company. Yeah. And nine times out of ten now, if you if you pre-order from Best Buy, GameStop, Target, Walmart, anywhere – Chances are you're going to get your case and it's going to open and it's going to be a, a cardboard disc. Oh, yeah. Owed on it. Why well, just I pre-ordered it through Xbox. So like it's it's actually uh, there's a thing on my Xbox already that like it looks like the game is there. But if yeah. I go try to play it, it just says you can't play it yet. Yeah. Um. And so I don't know, like I'm fine with that. I guess like part of it is just like I'm just so excited about this game. And that's understandable. And also I have a budget. I have to stick to my budget. I had the money this month. I'm probably going to have the money when the game comes out. It's like, only $20. Yeah, exactly. You can put five but, bucks aside for a week and buy uh, a week until it comes out and you can buy two copies. Exactly. But I, I don't know. Like usually I'm just so used to living by a budget that like if I have the money now, I know I'm going to want it when it comes out. I just I put the money down because I have it. Whatever. Um, But yeah, it's 20 bucks. I, I, I would have had the money at the time. It doesn't matter. But I just honestly what it comes down to is I got excited. And so I did. It. Yes. And I understand that. I um, 
<laughs> I, I I won't pre-order it, um, and I'm not going to get it on the Xbox. I'm going to get yeah. it on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, and that's a good idea. And honestly, I probably might rebuy it for because uh, we're probably going to buy a Switch. I think we've been planning on it like just for the kids kind of thing but i'm probably gonna get it for the switch when it comes out I, to get it my reasoning for the switch is mainly because i want to get it on the smallest screen possible because i know the game's gonna look like pure shit oh there's that too the yeah. 23 year old game remaster or not i watched the trailer and i still went yeah this looks yeah like the trailer game. looks just <laughs> like yeah no. final fantasy 7 remake it is not so yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. I, in my opinion that's a good thing because i have a lot of frustration for that that thing but yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it too. I played Chrono yeah. Trigger recently. I beat it, and then I started replaying it again because I wanted to. Uh, I want to max out the levels of the character so much mm-hmm. to play the bonus boss. That's it. That mm. they have in the game. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I I actually fired up my Switch uh, last night, and I, <laughs> the Switch. I've talked about it up and down how much I I wasted my money on it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm again. I'm playing Minecraft. Oh, I, yeah. You play- Every time I turn on my Switch, I have to do an OS update, and then I have to do an update on the games. That's how little I play it. But yeah. I started playing Minecraft, and I I started messing around with all the new stuff they added to it, and I yeah. just uh, put off by it that they changed so much. Now you, when you you mine ores, it doesn't just give you the block of the ore. It now, uh, Even, it now gives you lumps of it that you still have to smell. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess they've been doing that for a little while. They re it and they're yeah the conquerors weird yeah no it's i like the viewfinder though that you can make with copper though that was kind of neat to discover and um, yeah or like the the telescope you mean yeah yeah or is is it called viewfinder it's no it's called like what's it kaleidoscope or something like that or whatever that timey thing is and um um oh, yeah. I messed around a little bit with that and because I only own like four games for the Switch. That's it. Uh-huh. And I was talking about I caught I called Travis last night, our old friend, and I was catching up with him because the the uh the Steam Deck was released. And hmm. it's Valve's personal it's Valve's handheld computer, uh video game thing. But they, like their it, console? Yeah, like a hand, it's like a handheld hand console. Thing. Okay. And it's got enough it's comp it's it's uh, power is comparable to like a laptop PC, a gaming PC. Mm. And uh, I called him because I want to know if he ordered it because Travis is a PC gamer. He did not. Yeah. He mm. he didn't really need it. Uh, he said his brother ordered it, but he personally was like, maybe I'll get one, but I just don't think I'll need it. I already mm. have a real PC. And I kind of figured that would be his thing. But another friend of mine, he did order it and he has to wait till next month to get his. And that's an interesting and looking device. Yeah. And we were talking about uh video games and he uh we were talking about the switch and i told him i never used mine and he fully admitted that he bought it when it came out five years ago and he says he has like five games for it he bought Mm -hmm. it to play breath of the wild and that was about it yeah and i am someone who bought the switch with no intentions of playing breath of the wild yeah so but yeah it was nice to catch up with him uh talk about 3d printing uh, I had to ask him because I do watch a lot of videos on 3D printing or I watch uh, a lot of channels that use 3D printing for the, some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked a little bit about them. But one shout out I'll give is Mini Bricks. Look up Mini Bricks. It's a really kind of neat channel. And uh, but um, resin printers baffle me. Because oh, it's, yeah. It's magic. And yeah, it's weird the way that those work. It's kind of yes. cool. 
he explained it to me. Travis has one. He has a smaller one. He's made a couple little figurines with it, and it's they're gorgeous. They're mm-hmm. super expensive, but I didn't understand how they worked because it's a puddle of liquid that becomes something. Yeah, I think it's like flash a flash LEDs. It's it's flash. Oh no, it's not. Uh, it's like flash ultraviolet light that solidifies it. Yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah. I didn't understand that until he explained it to me, and I went, "That makes sense because I know a lot of those like resin liquids and stuff." Like I've watched people with little uh, ultraviolet flashlights that flash these things and solidify yeah. something. Well, I, and after you're done with them, you have to put them in like a, another thing and let yeah. the UV light harden it all like the yeah. rest of the way. Yeah, yeah, cure. yeah and, cure. Thank you. Um, it was very interesting to learn that kind of stuff when he was explaining to me because I didn't know it. But yeah, he was telling me that you know he since his setup is in his garage, he hasn't been able to do a lot because it's so cold. We live in Iowa. You know, we've been fighting. For the last five weeks, negative temperatures and mm-hmm. every week it feels like it's gone and it's back. So he said he's planning on finishing the rifle probably by the summertime when it gets mm-hmm. warmer and stuff. But yeah, hopefully well, this week it'll be it'll be nice enough. It will be. And uh, hopefully it's out. But yeah, it was kind of nice catching up with him and talking about some games and things yeah. like that. Catching up with playing Halo, talking about Halo and stuff. And I haven't done a whole lot. I bought that movie uh i've watched it i liked it i've um just been working and stuff and i've got some other stuff but uh i usually for some of the things i talk about i talk about off the podcast because nobody wants to hear the things i uh <laughs> I, I do in my personal time it's nothing bad or anything but i've been fully told by some friends that they don't want to hear well, it's me usually talk about transformer stuff stuff like that or yeah. i don't want to just talk about star wars or anything like that so mm. um i've been told by some friends that they like they don't want to listen because whatever I'm repetitive. And you know what? It doesn't matter. It's my podcast with you. It's our our podcast. But um, I shouldn't give a shit what people think about what we talk about things to an extent. But you know what? If um, the thing is, is I will listen to criticism. Sure. I'll listen to criticism. If you don't want to hear me talk about Transformers, I understand. Well, but Um, then tell us what to talk about, people. Contact us on social media. (laughs) I know. Um, Yeah, that's one thing that I talked to Dexter about afterward, because I do get some toys and things like that, but I don't want to just be rambling on about my toy part, my my hobbies and stuff like that. So. But that's kind of all I got, especially we're going a little over right now. Yeah. But we're we're trying to I I, 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 I kind of just sat down today and I was like, I'm putting my foot down We're we we were doing yeah. really good for a few months. And then we started getting off of it. And so it's like, no, we're going to try yeah. and keep this to an hour. Well, I think what happened is we, we, we had like a, a month where we didn't have an episode and then because of whatever reasons. And then uh, I think we just kind of had a lot of catch up to do. I think we had a lot of catch up two and hours. Then we, and then, and then we, Boba Fett is just like, let's just talk about Boba Fett. Lovely, yeah. Some of the stuff we're passionate about and we'll ramble on. Like, yeah, I think we did over an hour and a half talking about Boba Fett and we didn't even talk about everything. But yeah. then we had to do our own catch up and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah, we've been talking about it about an hour. One thing I have to say about Chrono Cross though is that game, the theme song to that game, like just the opener with the there's a lot of fiddle going on, uh or violin, yes. however you want to say it. The, I, I get the most nostalgic about that song, like more than anything else. Do you like, really? It's I the Chrono Trigger theme song. for me. Well, it's interesting because I was uh when um I think I shared uh, a, some Chrono Trigger song with you on YouTube one day. Speccio! Speccio and, and then I was just listening to a ton of Chrono Trigger music that Same. day. 
And <laughs> there's a lot of themes, uh, like musical themes that they took from Chrono Trigger at, that, that they put into the Chrono Cross, Chrono Cross music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was specifically, I can't think, I can never remember her name, but it's Magus's like l- little sister or bigger sister. Chicago. Like she has, Charles yeah, she, yep. yeah, that that music, I believe, is, is real heavy in Chrono Cross. I believe. Yeah. She, uh, she, well, that's the whole reason for Chrono Cross. Yes. The entire reason that game was made was Shala got shafted legitimately yeah. in Chrono Trigger and the people behind it, uh, the person behind Chrono Cross, he they wanted to do another one. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to focus on Shala. And, yeah, and while and, it doesn't see you play the game, you kind of wonder about that. But then you find out, no, she is the main reason for the game. And yeah. I believe it was the same composer for both games. And yeah, I'm pretty it, well, if it wasn't the person who did Chrono Cross did a fantastic job of mimicking. I think, um, it's, but it, I think he contributed to it because that poor yeah. guy lost like. 40 tracks while he was working on Chrono Trigger and he suffered mm. ulcers while making that thing. Oh, man, sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's a little sad to look up some of the history of Chrono Trigger and see some of the behind-the-scenes things about it, especially Ugh. with that composer. He's a composer for Square. Such a good composer. That was, like, just some of my favorite music ever between those two games, honestly. Wow. Yeah, it's great. It's great music. It's great, yeah. fun music. And even for, like, a... Uh, a Super Nintendo game. The music is really good for Chrono Trigger, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason. Well, there is a reason why that game is on almost every top 25 gaming, uh, um, uh, top five video games of all time, and it's not even in the bottom 25. It's usually in the top 10. Mm. It's uh, one of the Trigger? best games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, it's a fantastic game. And I've even told Lee about it. That's like, dude, it's I've said it on our group chats and stuff. It's like you would probably really like this game. Well, and he really likes anime. That's weird that he wouldn't have like they won't play it, I guess. I don't know. But like I would argue that it's probably like one of the last great RPGs. Yeah, I would, too. It's it's the first one I ever played and it's not the last one, but it's well, Cross is the last one, to be honest, because I don't like RPGs. But it's an amazing one. I love it. at the tail end of the, uh, it was a tail end of the Super Nintendo. Yeah, and I, well, I don't know. In my mind, the downfall of, of RPGs is when graphics got good, because like they, I feel like they started focusing less on the story and more on the graphics. Style and over substance. And and like they look great. Like the new fa- Final Fantasy games look fantastic. They do. But they like, look fantastic, but when you see the gameplays, you're like, ugh. Yeah, I don't like I don't like it, the gameplay looks horrible and mm-hmm. I don't I've not played them heavily. Sure. OK. And I'm sure that there are people who love these games. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. You gotta wonder Fan- if they're biased or not. The the last great Final Fantasy. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. It's it, This isn't it, the, uh, an hour into a show isn't a good time to start talking about. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> But no, Chrono Cross, like, I, I think the thing is, is for me, Chrono Cross was the first game that I bought that, like, that I bought for myself, because before that, <clears throat> I always played games because my brother wanted them. So, like, mm-hmm. we would get a game, or my brother would buy a game, and then I would play it because it's there. Yeah. But Chrono Cross was the first game, I believe, that I bought, be- and it wasn't Final Fantasy, because, like, I, I always played Final Fantasy because my brother played Final Fantasy. And mm-hmm. so the Chrono so then my brother went off to college. I'm by myself now. I bought Chrono Cross because I wanted to play Chrono Cross. And I, I, I really think that that has a lot to do about with it. It's like, this was my first like 
adult decision as a teenager uh, <laughs> and and then just the music is just so good like as soon as i hear that intro theme like the, the game boots up and it starts playing that music like i just feel so happy yeah yeah it, it's good i got it for christmas i asked for it for christmas oh, I got yeah. it on your recommendation and uh i liked it i liked it and i beat it before you did so i uh... oh, yeah you did you oh, i remember meeting up with you at like uh because uh, we, I went to a different high school, uh, and we would meet up at like the speech uh, debate or competition. Speech or band or yeah, something that we were and, in, or I would go to, or we would go to each other's plays. Yeah, and, and like uh, Chrono Cross, I remember one speech competition. Like we just like, like I just like said forget just you. Talked like, about it the whole time. Just went time. off and started talking about Chrono Cross. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it's uh, one of the great things. Like. Uh, Dexter moved not far, but about 30 minutes away from where we grew up. Which and we couldn't drive, so it was too far. We couldn't drive just yet. Parents would have to pick us up, or yeah. Dexter got his license before me and would pick us up. Or we would, but we made we made sure to stay in touch, and we would stay mm-hmm. at each other's places. I would drive to, uh, I would, like your parents would go out of town, and you tell me to come and stay the weekend, and I would. Yeah. And uh, but we made sure to keep in touch, and we did. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we've actually known each other now 25 years this month. Oh, has it been that Febu- long? February, yeah, February oh. 97. So yeah. Thanks, thanks to George Lucas and remastering the uh, Star Wars franchise. Thanks, George. You get shit on, but boy, look at the fans <laughs> now. They're all clamoring for you to save Star Wars. <laughs> so I um, don't want that. <laughs> I would, st- I would love to see his name on directing an, an episode or something. That would be interesting. Name. Yeah, I guess that but, would be interesting. Uh, I think we're kind of done now. Um, sure, sure, sure. Check out, uh, check out our medias. Um, talk to us, please. I don't care if you do it in person or something, but you know, we know we have listeners, so it's like, please go to our stuff and yeah, look us up. We'll we'll try and keep more up to date and things. Yeah, well, and I'd love to hear what people want us to talk about if they don't want us talking about Transformers toys. I don't want to talk about Transformers toys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, whatever. Anyway, yeah, uh, go to our website, recordinglifepodcast.com. Uh, there's all the links to our social medias and things you can buy from us. Uh, yep. But yeah, other than that, thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks.